Welcome to Strip It Back, the podcast which helps to simplify life and live in the moment with Joanne Panetta and Renee Talia. Hello and welcome back to Strip It Back. Here we are again in the space for me and virtually for you. How are you, Joanne? Oh, feeling good this morning. Thank you, Renee. Yes, loving the uh, the technology success that we've had. Can I just say, very proud of us both for continuing this, you know, little ritual that we have and doing it from afar. And I think we're nailing it. <laughs> oh, yes, small win. Let's go, Vasa. Cheers small for that. win. Absolutely. Now it feels a little empty today. It's just uh, going back to stripping it back to the original too. How lovely. <laughs> nice to do that. And we've said that we would have that little balance between and here we are. So let's dive into today's topic because I know once we get talking, it, it does lead us down so many avenues. So mm-hmm. today we really thought that we will dive into the topic of cleaning up and I'm not talking about getting the vacuum out and uh, the mop although it does seem a bit like that when you are doing a bit of cleaning up <laughs> but to give our listeners a little context of what we mean by this do you want to open up for us yeah I think we actually we, we kind of brushed over this topic a little bit in season one and mm. I think I, I revert back to season one we had an episode called cleaning up and um, that's the thing about cleaning and I'm sure that most people are nodding along with us you don't clean once and then it's just done right and I'm talking about the physical form with the broom and the mop and the, the vacuuming but also the I guess the emotional and relationship and I guess cognitive um, cleaning up that we do in many aspects aspects of our life so to sort of take you down memory lane I think it was probably oh November December of 2018 we were touching on this idea of um, I was going through my separation and you know I remember you talking about the importance of you know trying to go back and tidy up things and close energetic circles and the power within that and I didn't really understand what you meant by that Um, And I know that collectively and a fair few people in our community have done a lot of work around this concept of cleaning things up. And it's basically that. It's the idea of closing energetic circles, um, looking at things that are no longer serving and just like cleaning like the oven, for example, a bit of elbow grease and you kind of have to really get in there and get it done. Um, It's not clean and fabulous and glamorous at the time, but the results afterwards are quite magical. Look at me referring to actual cleaning, just saying. I know, your mother. <laughs> Get her on to listening to this episode. She that. She would be really proud. But it's, it, that's where my head went. I'm like, you know, at the time you're like, oh, I can't be bothered cleaning this up. Like it's yuck. It's going to be icky. It's going to be sticky. It's going to be gross. It's going to be uncomfortable. But then the end result is just like, oh. And I can certainly relate to many experiences over the last two years in particular for me where I've gone and done a bit of heavy cleaning and I'm sure you have too, right? Yeah, definitely. I love the way you've described that and the fact that it's never done once. It's not a checklist. It's almost like that little layer of, you know, filtering out or like I know your expression is with the uh, pool filter (laughs) analogy. So um, do you want to explain that to people? I think we Well, yeah. 
I think I explained it to a friend recently. She's like, what do you mean? Like, like you kind of bring stuff to the surface. And I was like, well, you clean the pool, right? You've got that little machine in there that's cleaning the pool. And then you look at the filter and you're like, oh, beautiful. Get rid of all that junk. And then you, you've got to clean it again because the junk kind of gets back in. But it's not the same one. It's new, right? You've kind of cleaned the bottom of the pool and that brings that up and then space to kind of clean the rest. Gee whiz, look at me go. Like Exactly. And I refer to it as like an onion too. You peel back one layer and you've got something else. So I think this mm. is the essence that there's always things in life. And when you do get to clear those things out whilst they might be messy, the feeling when you do do the messy work in between and how that leaves you feeling lighter is something that only the messy work can do, unfortunately and fortunately. So where at the moment for you has, what layer, I guess, are you working on currently in the cleaning up field? Oh, currently, I've done a lot of cleaning up in the past. The one that I'm working on probably more at the moment is given the fact that we've been so blessed with this time to start looking at, I guess, the emotional well-being side of ourselves, the wellness point of view and that self-growth. I have um, certainly been doing a lot of work with um, my coach, connecting in on, it's called the inner child. And I know that you can connect to this. And basically what it is, is we spend our lives from conception until our current reality, picking up um, lessons, morals, um, life stories, behaviours from the people around us. So, you know, we're born into this world, this pure, innocent, screaming, delicious ball of childlike energy, yeah? And then in those formative years, particularly from zero to two, we're looking for that nurturing aspect from our mums, right? We're looking for that connection, that bond, um, and all of that, I guess, that care, like no matter what, every little little person is going to say, I want my mummy when they're feeling a little bit sad or disconnected or the mother figure in their lifestyle who has raised them. Then from two to four, it's like, oh, my dad, like I want to be like, I want to show my dad I can ride my bike and I can do my scooter and look at me, daddy, I can sing and I can do all these beautiful things. So this particular example is quite a personal one for me. So from zero to two, it's mama. And then from two to four, it's dad. And then we all know from there, we pick up so many things on our, in our world around us, depending on our context. And that forms a set of beliefs and a set of, I guess, um, paths that you go down in order to survive and thrive in the world. Now, I can certainly reflect that, I've done a lot of deep diving in this time, connecting with that chubby-cheeked, curly-haired, zest-for-life little human that I am um, and picked up on so many beautiful things, really beautiful, rich parts that create who I am today. That zest is still certainly there. Um, but there's also some things in there that I kind of think, oh, okay, um, that doesn't feel quite right and maybe... Maybe if I dig a little bit deeper and, and ask what that is about to myself and to my family, I can explain some of the behaviours I've picked up on now, yeah? Mm. So it could be um, a great example uh, for me personally, and I know you and I have opened up and discussed this a lot. We are very fortunate to have come from a beautiful migrant family. Our grandparents and ancestors fought beautiful lives to be able to come to Australia and provide us with an abundance of opportunities. Now, with that comes an element of fear around money, 
Yeah. Mm. And around that comes, you know, make sure that you don't go and waste and spend and blow and, and use money because you never know when you might need it. And um, yeah, this is a really intense topic for me because I have a hideous money story and one I'm working on as we go through. So that sense of lack and that sense of needing to save and, oh my goodness, but I've got to hold on to this money because just in case, and now the situation that we're in, it's like, oh, lucky, lucky I had that money. And it's like, no, I need to change that relationship. I need to go back and work with that inner child and be grateful for all of the things that I've learned along the way. But that lesson and that story no longer serves me mm. because I don't believe in money in that same way. I, I respect and understand the traditions and the, and I guess the lessons from that. But now I have a very different view of money and how it should function in the work and abundance in itself. So it's okay to clean that story up, close that energetic circle and invest with new dialogue and new self-belief about my relationship with money. So that's, that's I guess, one really um, deep example that we can unpack. I feel like there will be lots of people that can really feel that element within mm. life, particularly right now, and and just relate to what are those little beliefs or sentences that we grab hold of as children, like money doesn't grow on trees or yes. whatever the statement is and what we attach to. Because I love that you said, you know, as children, we're just taking in this information and our cognitive awareness isn't at an analytical stage to sift out, you know, what, what is truth, what is not. We kind of just take it on as mm. as is with our family. So it's really important through this inner child work to really reflect on is that actually serving or is that a repeated pattern happening in elements of my adulthood that are actually blocking things for me to flourish. And I think that's what you're nailing there, that it's like great to have, I guess, the element of, you know, saving, most people would say is a great element and it is, mm. but also to have not a fear factor is what I was hearing around being able to, you know, spend on yourself or yes. I know for you, this has been, been one <clears throat> spoken about, you know, like being able to really serve yourself with the abundance that you're making through the work that you do. And I know you and I have so many frank conversations around this um, and I think it's really rich. We kind of, and as we always say, you're like my accountability buddy, you know, you always say to me, no, no, you're worth that. Like investing in, say, for example, good quality healthcare, and I'm talking natural remedies, for example, is, is what we would call hashtag expensive. No, change that dialogue. Absolutely not. There's, I can't put a price on my health. So it's, it's a really interesting thing. And, and when you find like-minded people who can have those authentic conversations with you and catch you in them, it's really, really refreshing. Um, I think there sometimes can be a stigma around um, this whole idea of digging into your child and, oh, my goodness, my parents did such a bad job at raising me and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like I need to put a big flashing light disclaimer. That's certainly not the intention. No. Um, there can be a little bit of dialogue around that. And I think I was explaining to you earlier in the week that there is 
there's an element of joy of being able to have the bravery, have those conversations and the dialogue that comes out of it. It's like, oh, wow, actually, yeah, we're learning from each other. And what served 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 plus years ago may not be what serves in the current environment that we're in. And, you know, I feel very passionately about where the world's going. So, um, yeah, that, that digging deep in that, those conversations to clean up and clarify where you stand as an individual is really rich. So I'm sure that this is coming up um, for you in some ways. Have you started exploring this aspect and where it, where it looks at for you? I always, like, we always do reflection work. And I think when you get to reflect with your family, it's so powerful and just opening up dialogue. I don't know about mm. you, but I've intentionally opened up dialogue with my parents in ways that I hadn't before. It was like a no-go zone or I had created it to be a no-go zone. They never said it. I'd created this story as if exactly. we would not talk about that. Exactly. And when I realised that I, I was the one that created that and then I opened up to just be like, hey, I really want to talk about X, Y, and Z, whatever it is. But I know for me, the other day was uh, calling mum and just saying, mum, I just want to ask you a little bit about, and I think this was off a conversation we had about blueprinting. Mm. And I want to ask you a little bit about my birth and, you know, and what it was like for you being a first time mum. Like, where were you and dad in your finances? Where were you, you know, was it a stressful time for you? Was it, you know, really gauging because we know that when you are in the womb space of your mum, you're also taking on the energy. You are starting to develop as a little human. So the surroundings there is really important as you are then born and go on to your life and there can be patterns. So wanting to understand some things that maybe I have picked up or our contributions to the way I function as a human being. And it was so interesting because I, I found out that, you know, I, through birth I had contracted a little, um, what do they call it, um, pneumonia. So oh, wow. quite early in life and put into an incubator. I think that's what they call, you know, those, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so just really gauging, okay, well, that's really interesting. I'm such a cold body. I wonder if that's how... I was just about to say that. No wonder you're always bloody cold. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. like, you know, it could be, it may not, but it could be. So it's mm. just really nice to really discover these little bits of information that you can then apply. And, they may, you know, some people say, oh, do you need to know that? But I think that when you have a whole picture, we talk about health and the new mm. way, when you have a holistic view of your being rather than just clinical data, I think you get a much better round picture. And I think we can't just look at health as a physical form. We know that there's energetic, emotional, you know, and mm. all these layers like the onion so that when you do get this holistic picture, it's really important. And that's where the inner child work and delving, delving not delvaging, just oh, to see so her, I went to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> um, in, into, into this work is beautiful. Yeah, so, so rich. I think it's um, incredible how 
I'm sure your mum would have been like, wow, Renee, I can't believe you're asking me about that and where did that come from? Were you authentic with her and explaining like, oh, it's, it's something I'm exploring about myself? Like how did that come up? I just said to her that I was doing a little work on wanting to find out a little bit about how I operate. I mean, I've gone to my parents so many times now, they're not surprised by questions that I'm going to come. I know. Um, but it's beautiful. And it also gave a more authentic chat that we led into her own mother and her childhood. So, wow. you know, it just goes back and me to learn about my ancestry. You know, as people pass, that kind of gets lost. So to really have an essence of, of that, mm-hmm. uh, I have such a connection, you know, with 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 them now even though they're in the spiritual realm so that feeling and having that connection of mum being able to describe some of her own upbringing that's really beautiful in what we can cultivate now and you know one thing that my mum was speaking about you know and very typical in like European families, they're very much of service and will yes. give. And that was definitely my grandmother would always be of service. You knew that you were welcome in, not necessarily always given in words of like, I love you in those, those specific words, but you knew with the service. Um, and that's really an interesting thing because with my family growing up, I think it took to me moving to Singapore that we weren't physically in the same space, that we opened up this dialogue of actually saying those words. I knew that my parents told me, but it's definitely something that gets said a lot more now. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we're all here to teach our families something new and they're there to teach us. So I think that these changes are just, oh, so juicy. And when you dive into this work, your way of being brings that out in other people. You don't need to change anyone. They are as they are. But by you just inquiring and opening up dialogue, you you get that anyway. It's it's just magic. It really is. Mm, So good. So good. I think um, what pops into my head, I'm asking you another question. It's just on a roll. If someone was sitting here listening to this podcast and thinking, what the hell are these two talking about in a child work? Like, what are they talking about? I'm trying to think of a way that you would explain it in, in I guess, the most simplest form. And I'm, I'm just going to throw to you now. Have you got one? Well, it's so funny. I always think about when I put myself into a child perspective of when I was, you know, you used to look up to adults and you're like, they've got it all together. They, you know. It's the biggest hocus pocus any child could have. And only until you get to an adult do you realise they're just trying to work it out themselves. They're just in a bigger body. So I think (laughs) the fact is that it's like grabbing hold of, you know, that kid within you. You know, we also, if anything, that this time has allowed me to get a little bit more playful at the moment. Yes. Remembering that. Like, and I think sometimes we get to a stage in our life, it's like the responsibility takes over and we almost disconnect from the childlike fun. And <laughs> I, it would be really interesting talking about this conversation with a parent who has children in their life constantly, or even from you, you've got, you know, younger, um, nep- um, you know, your nephews. My nephews. Yeah. Um, but to have that playfulness around, like I know for me, that is the best part about 
teaching is to have those random little acts that you just see that they're not thinking about that. That's just playful in the moment. And I think that inner child work reminds you of the playfulness in life. And when you clear out things that you've attached to that don't serve in your adult life, you're able to get back to a more pure form and allow yourself to embrace and be mm. a little bit more embodied and playful. Mm. Yeah. Would you add yeah. to that? I, th I think for me it's um, dropping into a sense of innocence and whether that's through colouring in, painting, dancing, mm -hmm. being in nature, meditation, whatever it is for you, in order for you to drop into that sense of innocence and then kind of linking in and, and, and working out, well, what is it, what's coming up for me? So like the act of connecting to your inner child and then the magic that comes out of it, that's certainly something I've been working with um, a lot. And, you know, the other night I actually, you know, I'm, I'm very, very excited about connecting to, I guess, something greater than myself and my highest version of myself and that's just the journey that I'm on. And it was like I literally could see myself as a child and I got to give myself a big hug and say you're beautiful and you're gorgeous and you're not too much you're not too loud, you're not too full of energy, embrace all that about yourself and, and carry that into your adult life. I have been singing and dancing and playing and my nephews, now that we're able to connect with our families a little bit more fluidly, um, hanging out with my nephews has just been magic. It's been really, really fun. And um, that's probably a part of, you know, the biggest joy is, is playing with them. They're so much fun. Although my nephew Christian is probably more adult-like than me sometimes. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, it's just the innocence. And, like, do you want to colour in? Sure. Do you want to play Play-Doh? Yep. Like, you know, it's just magic to be able to drop into that. So, um, yeah, I, I certainly know that there's lots of different ways you can explore this, but it's in simplest forms. Check in with who you are and what you love doing as a child connect to that joy and if anything comes out that you want to talk about with your family go for it yeah definitely mm. actually mm. joseph got home i just remembered um, a couple of weeks ago i don't know what i was doing he's like what's going on in the treatment room have you turned it into a bit of a cubby house have you <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what did you do I was exploring and i'm like yeah well i was i was getting on a call with um Mia, my cousin's little daughter, and I, and I thought about, um, you know, creating, like, getting her to create something. And I'm like, why not? I used to love cubby houses. Maybe we can, you know. And I said, oh, yeah, I what do you think? That. Do you want to go and have a little cup of tea under there? And we just had a, a little laugh. But I'm like, why not bring back the play? Like, Fun. And I can reflect on when I was living with you both, um, the three of us were living together, that's one thing that you guys do pretty well. Like, you know, people have, you know, seen your husband, he's a big man, like he's, you know, a big masculine man and he is so much fun. Like when he, when I see you guys playing and laughing and we would do that together, it was, it was fun. And it's just like, bring some light heartedness to, to life and, and live in the joy. That's for sure. Mm. I want to come over and play in the cubby. Yeah, get back up going. Fun. Let's be honest, he was never going to make it inside the cubby. He wouldn't have fit. <laughs> That's what he said. He goes, I don't think I'll fit in there. How do you fit in there? All right, I'll show you. Uh, yeah. I love but it. Given this time, let's go with that. Like, what's the transition for you now? Uh, yeah. As things are, yeah, we've been given a little bit more freedom. Mm -hmm. in what we're allowed to do what are you finding in light of cleaning up how are you feeling yeah. about going back i think 
I think for me, this time, that like I can talk about it from two perspectives. Certainly the hard work that I did a few weeks prior to going into, um, I guess, COVID isolation, I'd, I'd like to talk about that because that's probably a big significant part of where I am now. So I've been really open and vulnerable um, with our Strip It Back community and talking about my divorce. Mm. And one thing that was still kind of in the way for me and I say in the way because I'm talking about a cognitive, emotional, physical presence of holding me back was I actually hadn't communicated with my ex-husband since the day of our separation. And I know that you were holding so much space and a lot of our soul sisters were as well in me finding, I guess, the right time intuitively and in my sense of courage and bravery to do that. Now, I literally saw him a week before the COVID-19 restrictions came in, right? Mm -hmm. So I literally, I just had this big smile on my face. I was able to clean something up in my old world prior Mm -hmm. to stepping into something new. I take a big breath as I say that because when you say that out loud, it's like I really did connect with him and close that energetic circle, say the things I needed to say, And this may come as a shock to many people, forgive him, Mm. forgive him, Mm. not for him, but for me, in order to step into my power as this new, I'm not new, but just like an up-leveled, more authentic version of myself. Being married to him, I wore a lot of masks and I held on to a lot of limiting beliefs that I had picked up on. Uh, throughout my childhood you know the stories and messages of relationships and things like that and what it looked like and I had um, you know I call them unicorns my parents and my sister and her husband they're like these gorgeous unicorns in this beautiful romantic bubble Um, and they've got their stuff too don't get me wrong but when you see a vision of that you think oh that's what love looks like and that's what I will hold on to no matter what Um, and my journey has been a really authentic one by cleaning up the emotional stuff and I guess the unsaid things that were not working in my marriage that I was also contributing to has set me free on a level that I just, like, I just can't explain. Mm -hmm. So although that was the most frightening and scary and emotionally difficult thing to have to do I was held so beautifully by yourself my brother was an incredible strength in that and I had some other girlfriends and people that I love very much as well know that that was a step that I was taking in the end I can't recommend enough the importance of cleaning up and closing energetic circles before you transition into anything oh wow Yeah, what I love about you sharing that is that it wasn't anything about, you know, getting back, repent, all that anger and stuff that you definitely went through all the stages, which are stages that you go through when you have broken up or someone's passed. It's the same sequence of emotions that you go through. But when you got to the stage of knowing that you were ready to clean up, what was it that you knew? Like, how did you know? Because there will be people going, how did you forget? And it oh. is, I love the way that you said that. It unlocks something for yourself because, mm. I mean, the heart, it 
permeates three meters from where we are, right? So when you give it that forgiveness or you unlock, you're just allowing that to be permeated more. So mm -hmm. how did you know? It sounds cliche, but when you know, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I believe it was sitting on your kitchen bench one Monday morning mm -hmm. and I came over and I said, Renee, I just, I'm so overwhelmed by this fog. There's a fog, a heaviness. I can't think, I can't breathe, I can't do. And I was crying. I, I remember sitting there crying to you and I'm so overwhelmed by life. And I just took a breath and you said nothing. And that's the beauty of your listening. You just said nothing. You just held my hand and you let me pour it out. And I said, I need to talk to James. And yeah, I did. And you just said, okay. And I will hold space and support you with that. Mm, mm. And I remember, yeah, wow, how it just hit me. And then I, then the fear took over. <gasps> but, oh, you know, what am I going to say and what am I going to do and da-da-da-da-da. And then it, it took me probably a good 10 days after I actually made that statement to go ahead and connect. And mm. even that, like... Again, I was so supported through all of it, but it was all me, which was really empowering. But I knew I had to be at a time and space in my head and my heart to really know what the word forgiveness meant. Because, mm. <laughs> or like to forgive someone when, you know, to forgive, it means you kind of, in my old mentality, it's like you let them get away with, what they did and it excuses what they did and sets them free and I was like over my dead body am I going to set him free for what he did to me rah, 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 you know and it's like no no forgiveness is it's setting me free yes it doesn't excuse it doesn't take away the pain but that there, that pain was a vessel to launch me into something that I am so grateful for, stripping back, mm -hmm. no pun intended, stripping it all back. This was a journey for me, albeit difficult, to become this most raw and authentic person that I am today. So you kind of have to realize that you need to put a little bit of work in sometimes for those things and that's that soul deep diving and go what does forgiveness actually provide me with like don't care what it does for him no offense you know but what it does for me beautiful I love that you've you've acknowledged that and mm. and and that you have able to now whatever you put your mind to or whatever you're calling in, you're able to do that with a really clear slate. And like when I hear you say that and having watched you evolved in this time, you have done a lot of work in what I would see as a short amount of time because often we can leave out one part of, of, of the, the parcel of emotions or not deal with it or think we've dealt with it on a surface level, but there's still something lingering mm -hmm. there. And I can really, um, I guess, empathize with that in that for a long time with a breakup back in my twenties where I wasn't married, but I was in a long-term relationship for seven years. And 
you know, the relationship ended quite suddenly and I had dealt with it or what I thought was dealt with it. And no one had ever really come into my life that I would say I was going to really open my heart. And I think because I put up some barriers, not I think, I know I put up some barriers. And it wasn't until I was really deep diving into work that I had an epiphany moment, probably six years down the track Mm. of, you know, I dated people and, you know, three, six months, but nothing really was going to be solid. And I was like coming back to live in Melbourne or didn't even know if I was going to live in Melbourne Mm. and through doing some work I was like what is this why can't I ground back here and it was almost like hmm wow is it that and I didn't know is it that I haven't cleaned this energetic circle and taken my part of the relationship Mm -hmm. working I was a bit blame, like you, we went and moved my dead body or whatever it was, like, how dare you or, you know, my, and knowing that I want this man to have a beautiful life and I didn't have any contact with him, but I felt in that moment that I needed to go and also do that cleaning up. And Mm. so through that, having that conversation of just saying, you know, what I needed to say, it really closed that and I was able to get clarity of like, okay, well, it may or may not have been that, but here I am going into a more like, I know that that was for me, I can keep going. And there are little things like that. People are like, well, why would you want to dig back your past? Yes. But it's, it was my past getting into my present. And it's holding I, you back. And so when I did that, there was no coincidence that within three months, (laughs) my husband, now husband, walked into my life in a way that I was open and available in a whole new way. And so I think when we are doing those sifting out, it really is unlocking something Mm. else within. And I think there's so much power, and we talk about this a lot, speaking and saying what you need to say we hold back a lot and I know for you and for myself one thing that was similar about our breakups was we didn't get a chance to say what we wanted to say um, for different reasons and I remember a very beautiful soul in my life saying to me think of it like almost a zero to one have that person you say no you sit there and you need to listen to what I have to say I have some things I need to clear up And literally, I'm pointing to my throat as I say this to you, clearing up, Mm. you hurt me, I felt angry when it wasn't okay that you did this. That certainly came up for me because I never got a chance to say those things. But then from there, it was like this. (sighs) And I remember staying almost an extra hour and communicating with him on a very calm level. Certainly lots of boundaries still in place, but I was able to walk away from that moment and say, I have said all that I need to say and thank you for setting me free. I actually said thank you for setting me free because I wouldn't have been courageous enough to leave for myself. So although it wasn't great, certainly what you did to me and the pain that I went through, if it weren't for that, I wouldn't be who I am today. 
There's another little thing that I need to say here as well because people might think, oh, so that's how she opened her heart and that's how she's now because she's met a partner, she's whole and complete. No. No. I adore him. Delicious man. Like, you know I'm very happy in in my gorgeous relationship. But he, like, there is so much to be said about setting myself and permeating that love for me. And you said the same thing. Within three months, ping, my beautiful husband came into my life. Now, some people might think, oh, and that's why she's happy. (laughs) And that's what made her happy. So I want to just really catch that because there can be a lot of misconception around that and it's something that I know you and I are both very passionate about. Our partners, your husband and my partner, really respect that. Mm. I definitely, the year that I took out and did work on myself, and really finding that sense of self-care and self-love for yourself. I know it sounds cliche, but also what I am so passionate about for everybody, male, female, to create and cultivate that for themselves is a big part of my business rebalance naturally because you have your own inner unique guide that sometimes you just, Do not listen to that intuition. And coming back to that true essence, there is one person that's never going to leave and that's you. You get to spend Mm. your whole life with you. And I feel that when we create those rituals and spaces for ourselves, then when that person comes in, you are available to give to them because you're full, soul and complete on your own. And I know we make and we joke about the banana bread phenomenon. (laughs) It's true. Where, you know, the banana bread tastes delicious just as it is. Put a little bit of icing on top and it's a little bit sweeter. So Mm -hmm. you can do with or without the icing. The way I see it is that partner comes in and it's just a little extra sweetener, but by all means, the banana bread on its own is just delicious. So it sure is. That's I definitely and and still, self care, self love work is never tick the box done. I am continually working on it. Currently, I'm working around the feminine energy, mm. and you know, for people it might be you know, thinking, what is she talking about? We've both got the polarity of feminine and masculine energy within us. It's not got anything to do with male or female. We both hold both. In our world, we often give a lot more emphasis to the masculine energy just purely because we're scheduled. We've got to get things done, do. That's a very masculine trait. So for me to be able to share and give room to my feminine I need my masculine to help me, you know, and timetable things in. Hey, Mm. I'm going to put like, you know, a bath time in there or I'm going to have a little dance time there or whatever it is that I'm leaving playful and allowing to trust again back into that intuition of how I run things even within my business and know that it's okay. Yeah. Mm. So that's really for me in a nutshell, where I would say, start with yourself and then everything else blossoms. And I know that when everything was happening with you, I just said, give yourself time. You are going to love yourself in a way (laughs) that you 
won't know what this will bring. And I know at the start you, uh, you were just like, oh. I wanted to punch you. Yeah. I did want to punch I you. Know. Yeah. No, it doesn't mm. We're going to get there, you know. And, mm. you know, you did. You had a lot more people that had done a lot of this conscious and work that was really supportive for you. But ultimately you had to be the one to do it. So Absolutely. that's thing that I, I would probably emphasize. Yes, definitely find a team. I, I didn't really have those conscious people around me when I went and did that breakup. It just wasn't a thing. I was quite young. I was hanging around with different people, you know. Mm. Uh, so it definitely it has its benefit uh, in getting you on a path to do the work, but you ultimately are the one that had to do, do the messiness. Oh, yeah. And I'm so glad. And thank you to my cleaning crew. I'm going to call you all my cleaning crew. <laughs> but it's true. I, I was the lead person in that. And, and it's something that I will be instilling in my family, community and relationships all the time. It's something that will never end. Oh, my goodness. We could talk for hours. I, I just feel like that there's so much deep diving into that. And I would really ask anyone who is, um, I guess, looking at some of the topics that we covered today so we it, like it's quite heavy particularly in breakups or whether that be in family dynamics and and certainly during this gift of a time that we've been given to delve deep into some of that inner work it can get a little messy and it can get a little confronting but can I just say the light and the joy and the pure magic that comes out of that afterwards is something that um, I am just eternally grateful for and will continue to cultivate in my life certainly um, it's it's just something that I, I can't thank um, this time enough. I know that sounds kind of weird, right? Well, it's funny because I did think it was a little weird at the start. Like I was loving this time that we got and I, mm. I was feeling really reluctant to share that I was loving this mm. special isolation time. Uh, but as, you know, the time's gone on, a lot of people, as we've been able to go back out, people have been voicing, oh, I actually, at the start I found it tricky, but then I really got to reflect and think of, hey, it almost gave a clearing of what people want to cultivate for their lives. Mm -hmm. So I think within the hardships, it's also been somewhat a blessing as well to recoup or re I don't know. Recalibrate. It's like recalibrating. Yeah. Yeah. My friend said to me yesterday, Jacqueline, bless her, she said it's like going and taking the car to get a service and just getting a new kind of oil to like freshen mm -hmm. it up, like getting a new, like a, a freshen up, like a rejig. And I think it's, it's so right. And um, I'm a little, I'm a little triggered at the moment. And I'm again, very authentic um, because I have to go back to work. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like for me is actually going back to um, a school setting and um, it's just, again, it's all about boundaries and it's all about cultivating that space that I'm not physically in contact with students and families and doing that part of my role, making sure that the rest of my time, which we have so much of, we are so abundant with time, is, again, nurturing this beautiful gift of slowing down, deep listening, um, connecting to spirit, connecting to what actually my soul wants, not the limiting beliefs and masks and old patterns of behaviour, which very authentically is social butterfly, Joanne. Like, it's just not really serving me. And, yeah, so 
looking forward to, I guess, having that distinction and, and supporting my own boundaries around the transition from, uh, I guess, what do you call it? Isolation, whatever you want to name this time. For me, it's called retreat. Um, stepping into hashtag normality, like which isn't really normal. And that's okay. So I can create it to be whatever I want it to be. Well, it's, it is that, isn't it? It's like reframing, reprogramming. What is your normal? Because really, yeah. it's a perception of every single person. But mm. yeah, we get to cultivate this, this new time in a way. We sure do. Mm. Oh, so much, so much. Oh, I think we we'll, we'll wrap it up there now. I'm just looking at you, mm. going, "Oh, we could keep going as well." But we um, could. Mm. let's, like we always do, uh, let's go to one little appreciation for today, or a little small win that you've mm. had for your day. Yeah, I think you nailed it earlier when you said something about dropping into your feminine and being cyclical and not on a timeline. Um, I woke up at 6am. I naturally wake up always at 6am. Um, I listened to a beautiful piece of music and I fell back asleep until 8.30. That's my win. Like, obviously, that's what I needed. I'm, I was like, oh, I could jump out of bed and do a yoga class and, you know, go through my Ayurvedic rituals or fall back asleep and I chose to fall back asleep and it was delicious and that's my small win for today that's great so How refreshing yeah it's good like and that is exactly it listening to your body there's self-love yeah. right there yeah but I, like I didn't make that conscious choice like I my body was like you're going back to sleep I'm like mm-hmm. got it I hear your sister no problem <laughs> what about you yeah, we've got this um extra blanket on the bed at the moment um, because the mornings are getting cool mm-hmm. with that like you do you're like you don't sit out in the morning so having that nice little extra blankie um, is definitely a little small win for me is that, that warmth um, mm. yeah so, so many good mm. so, so good so good Renee it has just been such a pleasure to have our chats and you know, to sit here and reflect on season two. two. My gosh, like we we chose to up level this this season and invite guests, and um, it has just been pure magic. So really, really loved everything that season two has become. Mm. Mm. And if you've really enjoyed season two, please give us some of your highlights, key topics. Uh, we are going to round up today with our season and re recalibrate as well to see what Mm -hmm. we will come back with in season three Uh, but always knowing that we're here of service and that we'd love to hear any feedback that you have yeah it's been magic and thank you again to all our guests and looking forward to seeing what magic we can create in season three without ever growing strip it back community thank you everybody for always tuning in and feeding back and have the most magical day ciao thank you for tuning in to strip it back and if you're listening on apple podcast we'd really appreciate it if you could kindly leave us a review 